0: When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors.
1: About bundling your home and auto.
0: There's only one song worth singing. They may try and sell you,
2: cause it hangs them up to see someone like.
1: Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, count them, one, two, three, four, I'm going to be your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that we call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, Right here, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on Shortwave, as well as our family of broadcast affiliates across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim. And now the Exxon is in 20 Asian countries on satellite Aglia 2. If you'd like to give us a call, our toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. 528 8255 My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com on MSN Messenger talkstarradio at hotmail.com and our two websites www.xzoneradio.com and www.xzonetv.com Earlier this morning, the X-Chronicles newspaper were sent electronically to the masses around the world. Now, if you did not get your copy, and you'd like to get a copy, it's absolutely free. Just send an email to xzone at talkstarradio.com. That's xzone at talkstarradio.com. And say, hey, Rob, could you send me a copy of the X-Chronicles Electronic Edition? Now, it's four megabytes. It's in a PDF file. It's in full color. Forty-four pages, and uh, we've been getting some real uh, super reviews from uh, people who have read it, as well as our advertiser. So, end and all, thanks very much. On tonight's show, my first guest will be John Horgan. He's the gentleman behind the Mass Uf, uh the Mass Monster Mash, and Mass UFO Mash. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Don Ledger about. The Shag Harbor incident, which is celebrated an anniversary this year. And then we're going to be speaking to uh, Don Keating, talking about Bigfoot. Richard Jackson will be joining us in the second hour. He's an internationally acclaimed exorcist. Today we're going to be talking to Richard about biolocation and kindred phenomenon. And then the final two hours of tonight's show, ExoNation, we have Ellen West and Cynthia from from uh, Premier Psychics, and they're going to be with us for two hours, doing many readings for one and all. Who give us a call at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. Now, if you'd like to visit uh, Premier Psychics website and see what they're all about, no, not now, not now, during the commercial breaks. It's www.premierpsychics.com. All right, my producer tonight is the one and only Spandex Kid in White Springs, Florida, my good buddy Superman. How you doing, Superman? Is everything okay in uh, the big fortress up north? Yeah, two thumbs up. Yesterday I asked Superman, you know, with his, uh, with his uh, Superman suit being so impervious to everything, how does he keep it clean? His answer was this. Get ready for this, guys and gals. He gives it to his girlfriend, Supergirl, or, or is it Lois Lane, or is it Lana? You know... This guy here has got more women than uh, Carter has pills. When we come back from this uh, two-minute commercial break, John Horgan will be joining us to tell us the latest developments on the Mass Monster Mash and Mass UFO Mash that happened this weekend in Watertown, Massachusetts. The um, Mass UFO uh, Show is on Friday, October the 12th, and the Mass Monster Mash is on Saturday, October the 13th. John Horgan and Don Ledger join us when we come back from this two-minute commercial break as the Exxon continues right here, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. back everyone now this is a brand new canadian artist who's out his name is um carrie blackwell and the song that we're listening to is called betsy it's from his upcoming cd and the funny part is uh carrie wrote it about a cow that was beamed up on board a spacecraft and it is really a super uh song Anyway, I'd like to thank uh, Robin Moore, the executive producer of Isle of Sky Productions, for uh, sending that. And uh, Robin, keep the uh, great Canadian arts coming, away. Thanks. (sighs) Welcome back, everyone. John Horgan and Don Ledger are with us now. uh, John is the man behind the Mass Monster Mash and the Mass UFO Mash. And, um, of course, Don Ledger, the great Canadian... Atlantic Eastern Canadian ufologist is with us tonight, and uh, gentlemen, welcome to the Exxon. Don, nice having you back so soon.
0: Hi. Nice talking to you, Bob.
1: Hey, John, how are you doing?
0: Good evening, Rob. How are you?
1: I'm doing fine, thanks, John. Uh, Tell us the latest news on the Mass, Monster Mash, and the UFO show.
0: Well, first of all, a very special thank you to you and your staff for all that the Exxon has done. We have over 14 states now represented of people attending the conference. Wow. Um, we're having on Friday night the Mass UFO Show, which is ufo show dot org. Mm-hmm. The gentleman on the other end of the line, Don Ledger, specializes in maritime UFOs, flying triangles, and the Shag Harbor incident. And those are the three topics that we're covering on the UFO Show. Don is going to cover the black triangles end of it, even though he co-authored the Shag Harbor Incident book with a dark called Dark Object with Chris Styles. And then Carl Feintz is coming up. He's going to be talking about USOs. So it dovetails nicely with the maritime theme of UFOs. And then we'll roll it out with Nancy Talbot. She's going to lead off things with spectacular crop circles. So that's our Friday night show. And then uh, we can talk about the MASH later, probably.
1: You know, I I thank you very much for helping us bring the guests on that you're having at the uh, Mass UFO show and the Mass Monster MASH. All I can say is um, I wish I could make it because it sounds like it's going to be a super weekend. And it's going to be a very interesting weekend for people who just want to have a better understanding about what the topics are that you talk about, John, and that the uh, speakers, including uh, Don, will be talking about at the Mass UFO Show, as well as giving them the, the opportunity of talking to these people firsthand. So that's a, that's a great opportunity for all who is going to be there. And explanation if you'd like information, uh, are, any shi- are any tickets left, John?
0: I'm sorry, tickets left? Yes, we do have some tickets left. In fact, if anybody logs onto the website within the next hour, between 10 and 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, where we are, um, we'll give them a two-for-one deal. We have about 28 or 30 tickets left for tomorrow wow. night, but the buzz is truly international.
1: That's great. Now, Don, you and I had the pleasure of uh, of chatting a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I there was a there was a special on TV a couple of days ago about the museum that is opening up in Shag Harbor to uh, to to draw focus not only on the Shag Harbor incident but other UFO sightings in Eastern Canada. Now, since you and I last talked, uh, Don, have there been any other sightings?
2: Uh, were in Shag Harbor
1: in in uh, in the Atlantic provinces of oh, Canada?
2: Um, um, yeah, actually, probably a couple. As a matter of fact, uh, Stan Friedman had. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Stan. It was uh, somebody else down at the con- at the uh, conference down or the festival they had down to Sheikh Harbor. Uh, reported uh, a UFO to me. Matter of fact, as no commonly happens at these uh, uh, these uh, these in- uh, get-togethers. Uh, people come to you with their UFO sightings, and some of them are really interesting. And uh, I-, I picked up a few. Uh, you know, not always current, but. Uh, Uh, some that happened years ago, one in particular. Uh, I took some names in my little notebook uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon from some people. There are two different people that had come to me. And then I promptly lost the thing the next day in a speedboat somewhere down in another county. (laughs) Anyway, it's being mailed back to me. Fortunately, they found it. (laughs) My goodness. um, Yeah, it's um, the most recent one down here was uh, another one down on the coast. It usually happens... And I think that probably has more to do with there's more people living around the coast than inland, and you know so many fishing communities. And it's kind of a spooky little spot down there, anyway, um, uh, in, in on the southeastern shore, as they call it. And I'm not trying to insult anybody down there, but we seem to get a lot of uh, uh, reports of, uh, of anomalies from down in that end of the the province.
1: Is that because it is it is uh, less populated than other spots?
2: Uh, well, Nova Scotia is. Uh, you know, there's only about 950,000 living here, about the same as... Actually, that shouldn't mean much. That's about the same as New Mexico or,
3: mm-hmm. or New
2: Hampshire uh, uh, for population or Vermont. Um, but, um, yeah, they're they're widely spaced communities, and in some places you're driving for, you know, maybe 20 minutes or more before you pop into another small outlet, you know, uh, another little outport or little fishing community or whatever, Uh, that's not to say the whole of Nova Scotia is like that, but down on that particular coast, there's a lot of uh, uh, little fishing ports down there, Uh, lobster fishery and halibut and uh, uh, scallops and so on and so forth.
1: Nova Scotia is a beautiful province and the people are very friendly as well.
2: Mm -hmm. There's those lobsters again we talked about before, remember? We'll
1: we'll have to do that and we'll bring John along with us. Yeah. Yeah. when you were on last time, you were also telling us about a UFO sighting that in, that included radar targets.
2: Yeah, that was um, that was the I'll be talking about that at, at the uh, um, Mass UFO show uh, our, during my segment. Um, uh, that was the Kyle Bay incident, as I call it. Uh, I should come up with another name, maybe, but it just sort of comes to mind—the Kyle Bay. Incident. Uh, I think John has already heard it. Do you recall this one, John, when you were up in Halifax at the conference? I I talked about it for a little while there. Yes, I did. It was a spectacular encounter. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, to do with um, a a massive uh, object crossing over uh, uh, a woman's home down in Cow Bay Mm -hmm. while she was out watching the Perseids in uh, August of 2002. And uh, actually, I wrote that up for the IUR, the International UFO Reporter, um, in, uh, for KUFOS, and it was in there. Um, so um, the thumbnail sketch of that was, and I don't want to take up too much time your time there, is, uh, of her watching, uh, seeing this thing suddenly crossing over the sky, blocking out the starfield, as she was watching the showers about 2.15 in the morning, August the 13th, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And um, the reaction both her and her dog and then in, in the in the general areas seem to have to it. I think I've mentioned this before, and I'm sure John's heard of it, and possibly yourself, Rob, about this um, peculiar peculiarity that seems to happen around some of these larger objects when they're down low where sound seems to get... Um, muffled? ...gated? Yeah. Uh, where people are talking to one another but can't hear one another. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Wendy Connors has one of those on uh, one of her discs, faded discs, Um, uh, There was a report she had on there where as they watched one of these things go over their house, nobody could hear one another while they were were talking. And it wasn't because they were being drowned over the sound of it. It was just sound seemed to suffer, some kind of a cancellation going on there.
1: Well, you know, I'm just wondering if it has anything to do with the same uh, phenomenon where a duck's quack will not uh, echo.
2: Yeah, they uh, apparently, um, yeah, but of course you still hear the quack.
1: Yes, that's the true. The original
2: quack. Right. <laughs> uh, apparently they did a study on that, and what happens is what is, what is assumed to be the first duck's qu- part of the first quack is actually the echo that you're hearing. Oh, really? Uh, I heard that not long ago. I remember hearing about that. Uh, but I saw, uh, they did, a, I think it was on Discovery Channel or, uh, you know, Daily yeah. Planet or something where they actually did it. They actually checked into that, and they yeah. actually did find the echo on there, but it sounds it sounds to the human as if it's all part of the first oh, quack, wow. but it's actually an echo. But anyway...
1: <laughs> well, thank you for that. Mystery <laughs> that's, solved. That's another piece of science
2: that, you know, that I don't really need to get into right now, I guess.
1: <laughs> All right, so do you think it's possible, uh, then, uh, this uh, this question's to both uh, Don and John, that whatever is uh, the propulsion for the UFO may have a dampening effect? Go
0: ahead, John. Uh, I think that uh, it might not be... All that's quacked up to be. (laughs)
2: You
0: knew I was going there. I think they have some sort of of anti-gravity propulsion. If, of course, they do exist, if you want to go down that avenue, and they are distorting the air and the atmosphere all around. Uh, Most of the encounters when people have direct contact with these vehicles, they say there's no sound, even the crickets stop. So there is some sort of muffling sensation. I can't describe it. I'm not a scientist. That happens, especially at these. Uh, low altitudes, these spectacular, as Don described that one with a huge massive triangle comes over a backyard, something that you're not expecting, and everything goes silent.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh. Now I don't know about the in this in
2: in her case there wasn't uh, she didn't have anybody to talk to except her dog, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but there were um, some pheasant in in cages next door on the other side of the fence that were always squawking. You know, they make this uh, little turbulent noise that's going on all the time when they're
1: in their nest. I guess. All and right, I, I just noticed
2: that that had stopped.
1: Hmm? I just have to interrupt here. We've got something here from the newsroom. Uh, CBC News is now declaring that uh, Premier McGuinty wins a second majority government in the province of Ontario, but NDP gains in Ontario. Liberal leader Dalton McKin- uh, Mc- McGuinty has won his second term as Ontario's premier with majority government, despite a slight reduction in Liberal seats. Uh, this is a cbc news uh, pro- uh, projection it makes the first time in seven decades that the party has won a back-to-back majority since Mitch Hepburn secured two consecutive terms ending in 1937. McGinty suffered repeated criticism for his broken promises throughout the election campaign. Early results showed the Progressive Conservatives had not increased their seat count. The winners appeared to be the NDP and the Green Party, with both gaining popular votes. So there you are. CBC is now reporting that uh, Prime uh, Premier McGinty has won his second term as premier of the province of Ontario once again that is from CBC News all right gentlemen uh, first of all Don I want to thank you very much for uh, joining us tonight and uh, for for exchanging uh, the information always great talking to you and I look forward when uh, you and I can share that lobster and we'll bring John Horgan along to uh, to help with the the crustaceans shells. <laughs> we hey, come?
0: Hey, Don, have a safe drive. Rob, Don is leaving uh, very early tomorrow morning, driving to Boston, all the way from
1: uh, north of Halifax. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys take care. Uh, John, you and I will be back on the other side, talking to Don Keating about Bigfoot. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. I'm Rob McConnell and welcome to the Zone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Today on the Zone, Ashes to Ashes. Cremation was forbidden in Christian countries for centuries, but attitudes towards cremation began to change in the 19th century. Before modern systems of drainage were introduced, cemeteries represented a health hazard in 1874 a group of doctors petitioned the chamber of deputies in italy asking for the introduction of cremation the cremation society of england was formed in the same year but it was 1885 before the first publicly organized cremation took place the roman catholic church lifted its ban on the practice of cremation in
2: 1964. All
1: X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob Vicano. Hey now, hey now. everyone. I just received an email from our good friend, uh, Dr. Jason Rand, who, by the way, is going to be with us tomorrow night talking about Planet X and uh, Dwarf Stars. He says, Dear Rob, we've just downloaded the October issue of the X Chronicles, and I am completely and utterly blown away by how beautiful your publication is, how carefully constructed and beautifully illustrated it is, how it flows from subject to subject, and how well you've presented yourself and this fabulous project. Needless to say, the article on brown dwarfs, along with its unbelievable illustration, suddenly becomes the best presented writing piece I have ever d- I have done this year. I am pleased and proud that uh, you cared enough to include our piece in your publication, and hope that you will give me the commission to write further articles for your enlightening and informative publication. Most sincerely, Jason. Jason, go right ahead, buddy. I never say no to good articles. There was a uh, there was an article that I actually chucked out. I would not even put it in. <laughs> he was some lady who was dressed up very scantily and she had something to do with UFOs. I saw it, and I said, no, this is uh, this is an art publication that goes into the hands of children. I don't want them seeing this crap, so I didn't put it in. Publishers writes ha. Ah! Welcome back, everyone. If you did not get your copy of the X Chronicles, just send me an email, xone at talkstarradio.com, like Colleen did, and say, Rob, I didn't get my X Chronicles, and we'll send it to you with our compliments. 44 pages, it comes in a PDF file. And uh, that's our way of saying thank you for being a member of the Xone Nation. Great articles, great advertisers. Please get your copy today. Our second guest of this first uh, segment of the show is... uh, we see Don Keating. He is with the Eastern Ohio Bigfoot Investigation Center, Tri-State Bigfoot Study Group. And Don, welcome back to the EXO. Nice having you with us again.
3: Good evening, Rob. and Thanks for having me back.
1: It's my pleasure. Now, uh, John, before we go further talking about Bigfoot with uh, Don Keating, I was wondering if you could tell our listeners the difference between what they can expect to see at the UFO show and the Mass Monster Mash.
0: Certainly, Rob. The Mass Monster Mash takes place on Saturday the 13th, the day after the UFO show. And it's got a more ghost and cryptozoological slant to it. Uh, It starts off at 6 o'clock as opposed to 7 o'clock on Friday night. Lauren Coleman, uh, some say he's the greatest living cryptozoologist. I personally think at this point he's the greatest cryptozoologist who ever lived. He'll be speaking about the Dover Demon, a case that took place in April of 1977 right here in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Our friend Jeff Belanger, the best ghost author out around the world today, and he's a tremendous lecturer, is going to be lecturing on the world's scariest ghosts. Karen Mossey will close the program talking about EVP, electronic voice phenomena. Chris Balzano will be chatting up Lauren on Phantom Clowns, and then this man, who I first met in 1996 when I went out to Newcomers Town, Ohio, Don Keating, will be talking about his Bigfoot encounters end with a white
3: Sasquatch.
1: Wow. is that, Would a white Sasquatch be an albino Sasquatch, or would it be more of a Yeti?
3: I don't think it'd be either one, actually. I think you are just dealing with a creature that has a different type of hair color.
1: Huh. Only the hairdresser will know for sure. Exactly. <laughs> so tell me, what's new in the uh, world of Bigfoot, uh, Don?
3: Well, you know, every now and then there's an article that comes out about uh, a video being shot or a still photo being taken or a series of footprints being Mm -hmm. discovered. And the most recent that I've heard of was a a videotape allegedly shot down in New Mexico by a couple of individuals who live in the state of Tennessee. And they didn't even know they had the video at the time. Uh, They didn't know they had the video of the alleged Bigfoot at the time. And um, the first red flag that went up was it was in the desert of New Mexico. The second red flag, followed by the third and fourth and fifth, was that they're trying to get copyrights to it already. They're trying to get publication rights to it. They're trying to get this and that and every other right, and they're not showing it to anyone except people who apparently want to pay to see it. And this this kind of stuff that comes out immediately and people try to make a buck off of it right away, you know, it just it sinks. Period. And um, I don't really look at it in a positive light. I don't think it's anything that maybe a big old cactus. I'm not quite sure. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen the video, and I certainly don't plan to pay dime number one to see it myself to begin with. Um, There has been occasional sporadic activity in the state of Ohio. Uh, I believe there's been some activity over in Pennsylvania. Other than that, I think it's relatively quiet right now. We've just come off an extremely hot and extremely dry summer here in the Midwest. And um, hopefully, uh, we'll be getting some more reports soon. But at this point in time, it's rather quiet.
1: Don and John, are there reports coming from parts of the U.S. and Canada where there had been no Bigfoot sightings before?
0: John, I can answer the Massachusetts part. Um, the area that's known as the Bridgewater Triangle, um, which is a 200-square-mile area in southeastern Massachusetts, uh, there have been numerous reports of Bigfoot emanating from Bridgewater, Massachusetts, back where I went to college. In fact, I lived in that area for a while. Um, since 1970, uh, the, the spectacular one being the police first acre, an officer sitting in a cruiser. He's taken down a neighborhood. He heard of a prowler. All of a sudden, something rocks the back of his cruiser. He sees this tall, hairy entity run around the side of a house and into the woods.
1: <laughs> wow. Now, there's a couple of uh, beer... Uh, beer uh manufacturers that are using Bigfoot in their commercials, does this help or does this hinder the, the down-to-earth, hardcore investigation of Bigfoot?
3: I, I personally just sit back and laugh at them. I mean, <laughs> I, there, there's got to be some humor in everything that you do, and um, if I were to take this seriously 100% of the time, what hair that I have remaining would be all pulled out by now.
1: Or like me, all white.
3: There you go. No, I, I, I don't think it hinders it very much at all. Um, and if anything, it might uh, just continue to put the word Bigfoot into the general public's mind. Say, oh, yeah, there's Bigfoot. Hey, I know Uncle Joe down the street that claimed to have seen one ten years ago. Let's contact somebody about it. I don't think it hinders it. I think it's, you know, it's just like with a, uh, a certain beef jerky commercial or a series of commercials that are out there as well. Those are hilarious. And, um, you know, I think they're... I think
1: they're kind of cool. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My name's Rob McConnell. Our special guest this hour, uh, the first guest is John Horgan. He's the gentleman behind the Mass UFO Mash that is being held this coming Friday, October the 12th, at 7 p.m. I'm sorry, 6 p.m. The door is open for the Mass UFO Mash at the... Um, Hibernian Hall in Watertown, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information, the website is www.ufoshow.org. And he's also the organizer of the Mass Monster Mash. That is the next night, same location, doors open at 7 o'clock. And if you'd like to get information or tickets for either one of these two events... The Mass UFO Show, www.ufoshow.org, or for the Mass Monster Mash, www.massmonstermash.org. Now, Don, have you ever seen Bigfoot?
3: I've seen uh, an animal that fits the description of Bigfoot uh, on two occasions. One was in September of 1985, uh, four miles south of Newcomerstown, Ohio, and the other was in November of 1987. Uh, midway between Newcomerstown and Coshocton County, or Coshocton, Ohio. And um, in both instances, we were in alleged active areas. Uh, the one in November of 87, we were just out there hiking around because some unusual anomalies had been sighted, like glowing, glowing eyes.
1: We wanted to see
3: what the conditions were, how high off the ground these eyes were, and if they could have been just something like a raccoon. So at a distance of about 400 yards away, we spotted this thing, come up over the backside of a hill, walk up a ridge, uh, and then walk back across the backside of the hill once again. And uh, we captured the uh, entire thing on audio tape. Uh, I actually had a micro cassette recorder in my pocket recording at that time, and uh, we captured every word on audio tape, and I I still have that today, and I've incorporated it into a uh, production that I've done. in 1985, we were in an area uh, just outside of Newcomerstown where alleged sightings, track discoveries, had been repeatedly taking place, and it was kind of hard to believe that stuff could take place that much. And I had just been into the Bigfoot research field for just over a year at the time, and we had been playing uh, a recording that was an alleged replica of uh, Bigfoot sounds. Mm-hmm. And just after 10 p.m. on September 15th of '85. Um, Two entities, individuals walked down the north side of the property, down a hill. Um, the first one, two guys on a barn, uh, the exposed second floor of the barn. They heard it come up to within several yards of them. They were so scared to death, they uh, didn't even want to turn around and look. They were just scared of what they have, what they would see. And The one that walked into the open field of goldenrod weed is the one that I did see. This thing was twice as tall as the goldenrod weed, which was at least four feet tall. It made a very clear path when it walked through the goldenrod weed towards a chicken pen. It stopped for just a split second when it got to near the chicken pen, and walked away uh, directly straight away from me uh, mm-hmm. about twice as fast as it had walked towards the chicken pen. And it was very light in color, probably white, and I can say that for a, f- a fair amount of certainty due to the fact there was a full full moon overhead. It, was, it did leave, like I said, a very clear trail through the golden round weed when it walked through the area. Um, I've always said my life would be a lot simpler if I had never seen this thing, because it would be a lot easier for me to be much more skeptical. But um, mm. I have seen it, and there's no doubt as to what I have seen, and that's that.
1: Tell me, what do we know about the social habits of Bigfoot?
3: Uh not a whole lot to be quite honest about it I mean everything that we know or think we know Mm -hmm. has pretty much been theory or speculation I mean first off we don't even know if the thing exists scientifically the scientific community as a whole doesn't can say for you know, a fair amount of certainty that a lot of people are seeing what they believe to be a Bigfoot, and usually when they do see it, there's only one of them. But it's been speculated in the past that when there is one in the area, there is another one very close nearby.
1: Has anyone ever found a nesting uh, a place that Bigfoot stays? And if so, what do they find in the area?
3: And as far as nesting areas... Um, I know of a certain case here in Ohio where some researchers discovered what they called a like a, a, a nest or a hut, mm-hmm. not too far from uh, Akron, Ohio, in Summit County, back in the mid 1990s. And they discovered some some areas that were smashed down outside of this nesting area. It looked, it, just, it looked, just looked like a cocoon, uh, yeah like a cocoon, and um, you know. Who knows what made that? I mean, they're they're speculating that a Bigfoot did it. Okay, well maybe a Bigfoot did do it. Right. The problem is they didn't find any footprints. They didn't find any hairs that proved to be unknown. So it could you know, have been, it could,
1: could it have been a bear?
3: It, well, it, it, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, it's just like the old saying goes: it could have been just about anything. And the problem is, um, they wouldn't. They won't readily openly admit to this, but I, I found out that this, this thing was discovered on private property. And so uh, I think that people who own the property probably wouldn't be too ready to admit that there could be a Bigfoot nest on their
1: property. And once again, uh, you know, I, I would imagine the same rules go to Bigfoot researchers as to ghost, in, uh, ghost investigators and researchers and other people who investigate the paranormal. Respect private property don't go on private property unless you have the permission of the owner
3: absolutely from day one when I started doing this research until today and another 10, 20, 25 years down the road
1: Don Keating, thank you very much for joining us, Don. Always a pleasure. Look forward to having you on the show in the future. Stay with us, John Horgan, because when we come back, we're going to do our uh, summary of what people can see, what they can learn, and what they can do when they attend this weekend in Watertown, Massachusetts, the Mass UFO Mash and the Mass Monster Mash. John Horgan and I will be back. On the other side of this commercial break, as we continue live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. <laughs>
0: I, I something strange, you know. Sasquatch sitting on the side with his knee and he was talking to Moxon Joe. Where the party they gonna go? Uh, out in
2: the St. John's Walls.
0: Sasquatch doing brand
2: new dance and he called it the Bigfoot Stall. All
1: right, Exo now uh, you still have time to uh, get yourselves to the mass UFO mash. And the Mass Monster Mash happening this weekend in Watertown, Massachusetts. If you'd like to find out more about the Mass Monster Mash, mash It happens this coming Saturday, October the 13th. Doors open at 7 p.m. And the Mass UFO Mash will be happening this coming Friday night, October the 12th, and doors open at 6 o'clock. If you'd like more information, visit www.ufoshow.org. Billy in Con- uh, Billy in Connecticut I believe welcome to the show how you doing Rob Hey Bill how are you I'm doing great You want to speak to John Horgan he's with us go right ahead bill
0: hey John how are you doing tonight Good evening bill yeah um I, I, well I'm wishing you a wonderful great luck at your uh, conference this year and stuff sorry I can't make it and stuff but um, thank you bill are you gonna um, put it on DVD once it's all finished and stuff? That's what our plan is, yes. It'll be released in two thousand eight. That's
1: good. Alright, Bill, have you had any uh any reports of Bigfoot with the uh, the inf- the uh the different organizations that you're part of?
0: Um I've seen a couple of reports on various forums and stuff in the Yahoo groups about Bigfoot, mm-hmm. but um nothing substantial yet.
1: Mm. But
0: there's always stuff happening on forums and stuff.
1: Well, you let us know if uh, if you get something really hot, okay, Bill? Okay. You take care of yourself, Bill. Always nice talking to you, Bye-bye. You bye later, bye. John. Take
0: care, Bill. See ya.
1: John, what do you think about the results that uh, the the reports coming out of Scotland that the Loch Ness monster may be no more?
0: Well, they say that every 10 years. I went over there in 1997, <laughs> and I lapped the lock more times than the Thirsty Dog. I just <laughs> like it over there. I love the, the folklore. And even if, if Nessie went away, you still have over 100 lakes, including your own Lake Okanagan, Winnipeg, yeah. where the ghosts just where serpentine anomalies have been seen. I don't think Nessie's dead. I don't think she's dead. She's still around. She's, she's just hiding.
1: So either that or she went to the pub one night and she's still recovering from a monster-sized headache.
0: <laughs> this happens. These things happen in Edinburgh and Glasgow, etc. You understand, Rob.
1: Yes, I wonder if Nessie wears a kilt. <laughs> well,
0: when she gets up in the morning, if she doesn't have all her faculties <laughs> after that night at the pub, she, she may end up with a kilt uh, or
1: a skirt. Who cares? Oh, heaven. John, thank you very much for joining us these past couple of weeks. And to you and all the other... Members of MASH UFO and MASH Monster Mash, can, you know, best of luck. Keep the great work coming, John, and uh, anything we can do next year to help, just let us know.
0: Thank you so much, Rob, for all of your efforts. Bless you.
1: You take care. Say hi to everybody in at the Mass Monster Mash and MASH UFO Mash for me, will you? Yes. John Horrigan, he is the organizer of the MASH UFO Mash, www.ufoshow.org and the Mass Monster Mash, www.massmonstermash.org, happening this weekend in Watertown, Massachusetts. By the way, if you're going there, make sure that Jeff Belanger does not see your chicken wings or know where you keep your stash of brown bottles. When we come back uh, from this commercial break and the news at the top of the hour, six and a half minutes past, I'll be joined by my good buddy Richard P. Jackson, if not the world's one of the top five exorcists in the world today. We're going to be talking about biolocation and kindred phenomenon. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is the toll-free number if you'd like to join us. Ask, uh, ask any questions to Richard about exorcism, poltergeist, ghost hauntings, things that go bump in the night. Or if you'd like to ask him about kindred spirits or biolocation. When we come back from the news Richard P. Jackson joins me, and still to come on tonight's show are two psychics from Premier Psychics doing psychic readings for one and all. Who give us a call after the midnight hour at one 528 8255 My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exon on Talkstar. Don't go away. We'll be back. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors, about bundling your home and auto. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.
0: At J.C. Memorial Day Sale, sizzling deals are on. With store-wide doorbusters all weekend. Or bring home savings up to 50% during our Memorial Day home sale. Save even more with your coupon. And for all former and active military personnel, enjoy an extra 10% off in-store. Just show a valid military or VA ID at checkout. Shopping is back. J.C. Coupon valid on select styles through 530. Some exclusions apply. Doorbusters valid 526 through 530 and excluded from coupons. See store or jcp.com for details.